information presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue. We the people says the Constitution created for creating solution. However, we the people lack the understanding. Legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet. Our rights we take for granted, often signing away our chances, cause we don't really know the circumstances. I swear I can't stand it. Then we're so demanding. Quick to throw up a picket sign in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech when the situation could have been avoided from the start if we the people conquer basic knowledge of the law. So this is for the people. Law in plain language. Breaking it down for us in layman terms. Deb expressing her compassion and will for us to learn. Not for a check, but to address how to win in these streets. This show is for you. This show is for me. It's for the people. What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to another episode of For the People, Law in Plain Language. What time is it? It's 8 o'clock, Tuesday night, time for For the People, Law in Plain Language with me, Deb Rainey, the compassionate lawyer. I think it's time for you to wake up because you sound like you're napping over there and we're just disturbing Joining me in the studio, as usual, my For the People fam, Black, a.k.a. the Broke Poets up fam. Yeah, yeah, what's going on, folks? Simply the sometimes pain in the ass PhD candidate (laughs) producer. Hey, baby, how are you? That's what you get. That's what you get. Listen, if I sound like I'm in pain, I'm in a lot of pain. My left hand is just, wow, I'm not sure what it is. I was scouring the neighborhood trying to find a medicine man, but ain't none out here because it's too cold, I guess. I'm just and kidding. she's joking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tonight, um, we were expecting um, a little help here, fam. I'm, I'm, I'm out. A guest. A guest. Hopefully, she'll show. Tonight, we're going to be talking about, and hopefully, you're going to be calling us in with your um, custody horror stories. Before I go there, let me do what I always do on our show and talk about last week's show. Last week, we had help. Who was our guest last week? We had a guest in the studio last week. We had Megan's Law. And we had Mr. Vince, Vince, Vince? who told... We had Vince, and we also had Kenyatta. There you go. And we talked about Megan's Law and the... What? She's writing stuff. And oh, my goodness. We, we talked about... Uh, Megan's Law and that new SORNA, the Sex Offender Registration Notification Act. And you heard um, Kenyatta's story, how he never committed a sexual offense in his life. Helped some um, friends commit kidnapping. Ended up in prison with a six to 100,000 year sentence. Mm -hmm. And will spend the rest of his life as a Megan's Law offender, which is outrageous. And Vince, who had relationships with teenagers... Initially was supposed to be a 10-year 
registrant ended up being a lifetime registrant for misdemeanor um, sex offense. And we told you that we're going to have a series of those shows, and they'll be coming up. So check your email, check Facebook, check um, Twitter, and be looking out for those shows. If you want to reach out to us tonight and um, join in our conversation, Black, how can I get in touch it's with real us? Real simple. Just hit us up at 215-609-4301, or you can text in at 215-435-4099. You can hit us up on the Facebook page, For the People Law and Plain Language. You can hit us at Twitter, FTP Law. Just a word of caution when you call in, please listen to us on the phone, and don't try to listen to your computer because there's a... Um, as with, a delay between when you hear me on the mic and you hear me coming through your speakers, you won't be able to answer our questions timely, and I'm going to call you retarded probably. So if you call in, talk to us on the phone. We record all of our shows. We have podcasts on my website, www.debrawinnielaw.com, or you can go to For the People at Pod, strike that, www.forthepeople.podomatic.com. And on my iTunes. producer keeps writing things down. And I didn't my eyes write anything down in, a lot in of pain. 10 minutes. I'm not sure what she's speaking of. She's what I want you guys to do either do, sometime during the break today or after the show, I want you to go to my website or go to For the, uh, For the People Podomatic. Check out the shows that are called Baby Mama Drama and Baby Mama Drama 2. Those are the two shows that we started with the child support, child custody issue, mainly child custody. And tonight we wanted to concentrate more on um, child custody horror stories. We were hoping um, we were going to um, give you a little bit of our guests and let you tell the horror stories that she's um, dealing with right now with her custody situation. From what I was able to glean from my producer, she was a woman who thankfully escaped a battering um, relationship, a relationship ripe with domestic violence. And if that wasn't so bad, once she was able to get, get clear of the batterer, now he's using the system to batter her some more. So um, hopefully we'll reach out to her and help make make sure everything's okay with her. If you and have some custody horror stories that you want to share with us, please do so. And if you didn't know, you better ask somebody. You're listening to www.gtownradio.com. G-Town, no what? Sound from Germantown. We will be right back after this really quick break. Don't go nowhere. And before we go somewhere, before we take a break, I just want to say I, I think we're all sharing the joy of the little five-year-old being found in four. For sure. Naila Robinson, man. we're glad you made it back to your family. Indeed. To Mr. Nelson, uh, Nelson Mandela, Mandela Myers. Myers, you demonstrate to us and renew faith in our people. We knew we were good people, and all you did was show the rest of the world. So good looking out, B. Jiving, straighten up and fly right. 
cool down, Papa, don't you blow your top. The brother told the monkey you were choking me. Release your hold and I will set you free. The monkey looked the buzzer right dead in the eye and said, your story's so touching, but it sounds just like a lie. Straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and stay right. Straighten up and fly right. Cool down, Papa, don't you blow your top. Straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and stay right. Straighten up and fly right. Cool down, Papa, don't you blow your top. Fly right. Wow, really? Wow, welcome back to For the People Law and Playing Language. This is me, your host, Deb Brandy, the Compassionate Lawyer. I got Black, aka the Broke Poet. Yeah. Sup, fam? Yeah. I got the corny producer who just played <laughs> Nat King Cole, Fly Right, Straighten Up. Straighten so. Up and Fly Right. And right. If y'all have ever heard of that song, please hit me a little tweet or something. Of course I know who the great Nat King Cole is. I've never heard of that song. I don't even think I was a thought in my mama's head okay. or her body. Y'all or can wake up now. It's okay. We're back. So we're talking about, we were supposed to be talking about child custody and child here, support. They were in here, and don't let them fool you. They were dancing around. <laughs> I was no part to that. Feet. I was trying to text my medicine man, trying to get me some medicine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, if any of you out there know a good orthopedic doctor, please hit, hit me up with a uh, tweet, Facebook, something. I got to figure out what's going on with my arm. And I got something to say for all y'all under the age of 40. Don't turn 40. Kill yourself first because it's a, it's a son of a bitch. I'm telling you, it's a painful thing. Forty? Our forty was the new so, twenty. So that's what they say, but I get to add ten years because the no, army beat me up for ten years. So forty's the what? The new nineteen? I don't it's think new, so. It's the new twenty. So we had a question on our Facebook page. And I'm actually going and back there right now. Our producer is going there and making herself useful. Ooh. Um, in the interim, if you are interested, uh, I think I, I think I remember the question, producer. The question was something like this. If the child is 18 I'm gonna read it to and you. has Hold a job, on. something. Hold on. Oh, my gosh. She's so horny. It says, unfortunately, <laughs> I can't tune in, but I do have a question. If a child turns 18 and it's a school year, does the payer still have to pay child support until the child finishes high school in Philadelphia? Or can you stop, or, or can you stop it when the child is 18 and is working? Thanks and look forward to your response. A simple, short, and sweet response. Child support is ran by the Pennsylvania um, legislature, not Philadelphia. 
So Philadelphia and all the other counties in Pennsylvania follow the Pennsylvania state law. In a nutshell, Pennsylvania state law says this. The person who is deemed to be obligated or the obligor who has to pay child support is obligated to do so until the child turns 18 or graduates from high school, whichever comes later. So even if the child still is, is 18 but is still attending school, as long as that child is in high school, the obligor parent must continue to pay child support. Now, it doesn't mean that that obligor parent can't file a petition to modify what he's paying. What does that mean? That obligor parent or the parent who's paying child support can go down to child support court and say, yo, look, my 18-year-old, although he's, he or she is still in school, they're working. So they're getting some money. This child support payment has been weighing on me. My income has not changed, but his or hers has. There's been a change in the circumstances. I'm seeking to get this child support payment lowered. So anytime there's a change in anyone's circumstances who are parties to a child support obligation, you have the right to go to court and file for a petition to modify or lower that petition. On the other side of that, though, the parent who's receiving child support for the children also has a right if things change, her, his or her expenses have increased, he or she no longer works, and there's a change in their circumstances, they can go down to court and ask the court to increase the child support payment. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander and vice versa. But to answer that question, whichever comes later, 18 years old or having graduated from um, high school. There are some states, actually, that you can get child support payments to continue while you're in college. That was my question. Jersey's, Jersey is one of those states that you can go to the court, and if you have a um, compelling reason for the obligor to continue child support payments while they're in college, you can petition the court. Not so sure how successful you, you'll be, but you can petition the court. It's always important if you have a child support or a child custody issue like I always tell y'all, reach out to an attorney who specializes or who has some, a little bit more than just general knowledge in family law. Family law encompasses divorce, support, custody, um, protection from abuse orders, and the like, things that occur in family court. So hopefully, um, whoever wrote that question, I hope that answers your question. And if you can't tune in, I will have the answer up to your question on the Facebook page um, sometime tomorrow. So moving right along, the issue of child custody and child support. Let me say a few things really fast. And what I told you on the other side of the break, check out our previous shows. The first one was called Baby Mama Drama. The second one was called Baby Mama Drama 2. And I think there was even a third one that was called Baby Mama Drama and Daddy 2 for real this time, y'all. Because during the second one, I think I went off on a rant and didn't really cover a whole lot of child support and child custody. So there's a series of those shows. In those shows, folks called in with their horror stories and um, posed questions, and I threw generic and general information out there. As it relates to child custody, if you've never been to a court and had a court make a declaration, issue a written order that one parent has primary physical custody, another parent has visitation rights or partial custody, then whoever has that child has that custody. In other words, possession really is nine-tenths of the law. I had a question sent to me um, yesterday, and the question I'm, I'm summarizing because I don't have it in front of me. The question was this. My husband and, and I were together for 10 years. We had three kids. We split up. We've never gone to court for custody, but I take care of the kids. I am their primary caretakers. 
he showed up after five years to visit with the kids, took the kids, and refuses to give them back to me. What, what are my recourses? Well, since there is no existing order, once again, possession really is nine-tenths of the law. My suggestion to her was to immediately go to child support, child custody, or family court and file a petition seeking custody as well as child support, illustrating and demonstrating that you have been the kid's primary caretaker for most of their lives. Be prepared to have other people standing by who can attest to that if the time comes. Her issue was that she found out that the father had taken the kids down to North Carolina, South Carolina, or whatever. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, in order for a court to have jurisdiction over a child custody issue, that child and the parents must be residents of that state. Most states have a 30-day to a six-month residency requirement before they are willing to take custody or jurisdiction over a custody issue. So as long as the dad just moved those kids down to South Carolina, she can still go to a Pennsylvania family court, preferably the county they lived in, which is Philadelphia, file that petition, but she's going to have to have an address down there in South Carolina to serve the father to make sure that he had notice of the hearing. If he doesn't come and she can prove he had notice, then she can ask the court to issue a warrant for his arrest or make a finding that gives her custody since he knew about the hearing and decided not to come. So that was a pretty um, interesting issue, and it's pretty heartbreaking, too. So those of you out there that find yourselves in that position, you and the baby's dads are together. You've never gone to court to get custody, and now you find yourselves, your relationship is on the out, and y'all might be breaking up. It would behoove you to either run down the child to, to family court, file a petition for custody, or contact a family law attorney right away and get the custody process started. What comes first, custody or support, Black? Which comes first in your mind, custody or support? Uh, support. When you say that, why do you say support comes first? You're talking about as far as children, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me qualify my answer. Can you, do you think you can file a support petition asking for support if you don't have primary care of the kids? Um. I don't think you should be able to, but you probably can. Anyone who is a primary caretaker of children from a court order or otherwise, even if you have an agreement, let's say you get married. A part of your prenuptials is if we ever separate, mom will keep the kids. Mom's entitled to custody of the kids and dad will pay child support. That order is enforceable in family court. So that agreement doesn't mean it can't be challenged and attacked by an attorney, a good one. But for all intents and purposes, that order, that agreement can give mom the right to go to court and file a petition for support. The bottom line here is whichever parent is the primary caretaker. What do I mean by that? That parent has the kids more times than the other parent is responsible for their day to day needs, clothing, food, medicine, all their daily needs. That parent is the parent who is the obligee under the child support terms. Obligee means you're the person that's going to receive the child support obligor means you're the person who has the obligation to pay child support. And y'all, you, you fathers out there who are good fathers trying to do the right thing. And you got a shit bag as a baby mama, <laughs> just because she's not working does not mean 
right? She may not have some responsibility towards child support. And let me break it down this way. Child support guidelines are created by the state. Every state legislature comes up with this generic formula. They plug it in based on the number of kids there are in a relationship and the income of both of the parents. A lot of times back in the day when families were initially intact, the mom would be the stay-at-home mom and dad would be the breadwinner. Well, now as things have developed and our families have morphed and changed, sometimes both parents are workers. Or mom had a career, quit when she met dad, got married, stayed at home. They broke up. Mom decides she wants to get back into the workforce. That parent who doesn't work, if there's no legitimate reason why they can't work, they're not lame, they're not laid up, things like that, their earning capacity will be included in child support calculations. Why do I say that? I have a client now whose baby's mama is a sick, twisted wow. Can we say wow? This client, ladies and gentlemen, and, I, and I'm not joking with you, in all fairness, is probably one of the best fathers I've ever seen. She cheated on him, gave him a, a, a sexually something he didn't want to have, but he got rid of it. Thank you, Jesus. STD. As a result, he files a petition for divorce. Because of this, she has turned into this psychotic, litigious slut. And I said that because I have nothing else to say, and I'm trying to clean up my language. And I've already said shitbag, so I probably shouldn't go no further than that. <laughs> okay, I don't think the fact that you're <laughs> limiting how many curse words you use, <laughs> I like it it's really one, cutting back. Cutting back on the variety really doesn't mean that it does you're because not I'm not cursing the, as much. The intensity of the words that I'm using isn't as bad. So back to my story. All righty. The slutty, crazy, psychotic, litigious mother has taken to filing every manner of petition she can against my client. In fact, she got him arrested five times. The man went at 35 years old, living and growing up in Philadelphia, to never being arrested in his life, to Mm. being arrested five times, having to pay bail five times times and understand no matter what state you live in you get arrested and have to pay bail while you're out on bail you get arrested again guess what your bail keeps going up because the judges are going to base your bail based on your background here you are with one case you get popped again you got a second case your bail keeps increasing at the end of the day when it's all said and done yours truly was able to get him found not guilty of every single charge except for one that was contempt for violating violating his protection from abuse order as a result the baby's mother is just frantic, furious, made another nonsense allegation that he came over to her house in violation of the order, filed petitions for support, got her support order, filed a petition to increase support just because she wanted to, wow. and she wanted to mess with him. Thankfully, the standard, ladies and gentlemen, is a change in circumstances. Something happened to your circumstances that's going to require you to need more money. What happened to her circumstances? The boyfriend she had left her. He was paying her school loan. He was he bought her a car. He was paying her mortgage, whatever, whatever. Her silly butt went into court in front of a support master who was the first step before you go to a, a judge. He has a full-blown hearing on the record, which means it's recorded. Based on that, that support master will make a determination of how much support which parent has to pay, how much support the primary caretaker parent is expected to be able to pay. And then based on that, they come up with a monthly number. My client's initial payment included spousal support. To make a long story short, I know it's too late. I'm getting there. 
the <laughs> initial order was for $1,500. That in, I'm strike that. It was for $1,800, which included a certain amount of spousal support. When she went back in to get an increase in her child support, the master asked her questions, and she was so stupid and arrogant. Well, no, I'm going to school full time. I can't work because my child is sick. He needs all kind of help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do have a sick child, but he goes to kindergarten full time all day long. The master said, in a nutshell, "There's nothing wrong with you. There's no reason that you can't work. I'm I'm decreasing the child support payments that he pays right now, and I'm cutting off your spousal support because you're not entitled to it." Oh, that was so Lord good. have mercy. As a result <laughs> of that, she keeps filing petition after petition after petition. Let me say this to people out there listening: That's If true. you have one of those baby mamas or baby daddies who likes to take you to court every time the wind blows. When you get your last petition disposed of in a positive way, take that parent to small claims court. You're going to do a calculation of every single dime you had to put out. My client is going to claim almost five grand in legal fees that he had to pay me almost seven grand in bail that he had to pay. And thankfully, now in Philadelphia County, you can go to small claims court for up to 15 grand. So we're going to be claiming almost 15 grand and we're going to smack her because she needs to understand you don't get to abuse the system because you mad because your man left. Get over it. If you hadn't been sleeping around, he'd probably still be there. STDs and everything. Lord have mercy. So if you find yourself in that position, you need some advice or some assistance, reach out to an attorney, please. And if that's not a child support, child custody horror story, I don't know what the hell is. We got a uh, question. (coughs) This one from uh, Mama Black. Hey, Mama Black, you got any Percocets? I'm just playing. (laughs) It says, you might have some, I don't know. It says. Hers are legal. Yeah. Which is what we want. No, she a pusher on the low. I'm trying I to. Know, all right, right, I'm playing. I'm playing. Donald <laughs> Pearson, if you listen, give me a shout, B. No, uh, do not. It says, if my baby daddy comes into some money. <laughs> get on my dirt. <laughs> if my baby daddy comes into some money after my kids are grown, can I go after some? They dropped this order because they said he was too poor to pay, and he was. Well, yes, and probably not going to get nothing. Yes, because there probably was at some point an outstanding arrears order for back for child support that he owed but understand once the kids turn 18 and finish high school and there's no longer any legal reason for the support to be paid there's also and i'm not sure don't don't quote me on this i'll find out for you and put that out on a facebook page there is something called a statute of limitation every kind of case that you can bring whether criminal civil personal injury, whatever, there's a statute of limitations. The statute of limitations says if you're going to bring this kind of case in a court of law, you have this much time from the time when you think you have a claim to when you file it. Some are two years, some are six, some are five, some are 15. The only case that there's no statute of limitation anywhere in the United States of America is for homicide. It don't matter if the murder happened 25 years ago. Those can still be brought. But every other kind of case usually has a statute of limitations. So if your kids are well over the age of 18, Mama Black, you don't have a right to bring an action. I'm not going to say you don't have a right. You can file it. But nine times out of ten, the statute of limitations probably will have run. So there's not a post-deadbeat action? Because I would like to get some of that. Not yet, but it'd be nice to have someone do a push. <laughs> she, gave, she gave you two what thumbs I would up. Li- what I would like to. to do is, is, is I'll reach out to. Thumbs up for 
for that Nat King Cole song. Oh, see? See? And she's absolutely groovy. It takes a groovy one to know a groovy one. Hey, I'm Indeed. It will be interesting to see, though, the children who were the subject of the support order. What would the statute of limitations for them be? That's an interesting question. But the statute of limitations is what it is. So I think that would probably bar you, Mama Black, from going after the deadbeat baby daddy. But that's for money. I'm not saying you can't do some other things that you need to do to get things in order. Um, Another question that I had just last week. There was a mother who had custody of her kids, got caught up with drugs, signed over custody of her kids to one of her family members. She got clean, but she was gone for 10 years. I think the kids were like one, two, and three. So I don't remember the ages. Now she wants her kids back. What rights does she have? So long as she didn't sign over her legal right to be those kids' parents and she merely made her family member a guardian, she could take her kids back. It's her right. You don't give up your right. to when you When you have kids, you automatically have the legal rights to those kids unless you sign something like in dependency court, you have some of those shitbag lawyers who talk to parents into signing over the rights to their kids. Why would you do that? When you do that, you, for all intents and purposes, have given up your legal rights to those kids. So long as she didn't do that and she merely made this family member a guardian, go get your kids back. Go get your kids back. As long as you can prove they're your kids, that guardianship notwithstanding, you can snatch that guardianship back. She and I had that conversation. She's going to come see me sometime next week. That's one of those cases where it's probably going to be pro bono because she probably doesn't have any money and it's a little bit complicated. But I'm going to say that again. Absent signing over your legal rights to your kids, they're yours. Absent signing some kind of agreement where you've given up your rights to your kids, they are yours. Go get your kids back. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take another really, really short break because my producer in black See me in pain and ain't doing nothing but making me do no, all I the work. No, I got you. I got you. Nope. She on the phone talking and making orders to Domino's and whatnot. <laughs> so something that I heard interesting on the news today that um, I, th- I think it's over the next year or some period that's that's coming forward that Walmart plans to hire 100,000 veterans. And the only qualification is that you had to be a veteran, preferably recent. recent. Oh, man. I ain't no veteran. Oh, I'm sorry. Thinking out loud. <laughs> Walmart can hire them to do what? Across the country. Just they're oh, going wow. to create jobs. They're creating jobs, and the only requirement are preferably recently you know, discharged veterans, but they're making a wow. promise to hire 100,000 veterans. I thought that was pretty cool and worth mentioning. Huh. You go, Walmart. I hope you cleaned up all your racial discrimination issues you had a couple years ago. Well, Especially well, in their Bentonville, Arcan- Benton- Bentonville, Arkansas store. Well, that's because they're not going to hire blacks anymore. They're going to hire veterans. So okay, they're going to so be non-black veterans. Okay, All right. so they'll be veterans and they'll treat. Ladies and gentlemen, them. only on for the people law and plain language. We're talking about child support, child custody, sharing with you some interesting stories, Indeed. interesting tidbits. If you have any questions, any comments, reach out to us two one five six zero nine four three zero one, or you can text us at two one five four three five four zero nine nine. Hit us on the Facebook page for the people law and plain language. Twitter, tweeter, tweet us. Tweet us. FTP Law. Tweet Anybody us. see Django Unchained? Call me, text me, let me know how it was. She I got the bootleg copy. Yet. I can't go out in public and you see it yet. You can't have the bootleg top. You can't have Whoa, the bootleg top. I didn't 
You can't. All right, we'll be right back as soon as we figure out how to talk. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? You can't have the bootleg copy because that will be an illegal copy. And as a law office, a law show, we do not practice anything that's illegal. No one's advocating illegality. I'm just saying, don't copy my sh. We'll be right back. Okay. (laughs) Officially, we'll be right back.
Welcome back to For the People, Law and Plain Language. It's me, Deb Rainey, your host, a compassionate, painful, and pain lawyer. And she woke up. Black, a.k.a. the broke poet, simply the producer candidate, PhD candidate. So let me check myself. On the other side of the break, we talked about child support. There was a question from Mama Black. Can I go after the daddy mama, baby, the baby daddy and I vetoed for that. back child and I support? And I am on the um, support collector's website. If you want to get some more information and verify and sort of corroborate what I'm saying to you, put into your browser for Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Child Support. The PA Child Support um, website will pop up. And it says here that Pennsylvania does not have a statute of limitations on back child support. Once again, Pennsylvania does not have a back. Pennsylvania has no statute of limitations for child support arrears. I'll say that again. Pennsylvania has no statute of limitation for child support arrears. So if you're old child, back child support, there's arrears out there on the child support account, you can try to get that arrearage enforced. Good luck with that. Even though there's no child support, um, no statute of limitations on child support, where would you have to go? The same child place, the same family court where you initially filed the child support petition. You get an attorney and you file for return of your arrears. And hopefully the baby daddy has a job and can pay the child support arrears. He or she probably knows they owe child support arrears. It's probably hiding somewhere out there. So for those of you that heard me on the side of the break when I said there was a statute of limitations, Pennsylvania has no statute of limitation for back child support. Arrears means back child support. So over the break, we had another question that Miss Black was going to ask. What was that question, Black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is, uh, this is. I think you touched on this already. Somebody just needs you to clarify this. What percentage of the obligated parent's income are they required to pay in child support? There's Well, the way the child support statutes are, there is a predetermined formula. Don't ask me what the formula is. Whenever I have a child support case, I pull out the statutes and I do it that way. But the both child to both parents' income is considered. Whichever parent makes the more money, that parent's going to have a higher percentage of income to a higher percentage that they're going to be responsible for child support. In a nutshell, let's say our legislature said for every one child in the state of Pennsylvania, that child is entitled to let's say three hundred and fifty dollars a month to live on. It's not a lot. It's just an, it's not nowhere in the statute, y'all. It's a number I'm coming up with for um, purposes of illustration only. And let's say Mama makes net thirty five hundred dollars a month, and let's say Papa makes nineteen hundred dollars a month net. Mama makes more money. Mama is the primary caretaker, so the percentage that Mama would have paid, she keeps. And dad pays the smaller percent. Mom makes almost ha- double what dad makes. So dad's probably going to only be responsible for 25 to 35 percent of that total amount of child support that the state said that the child's entitled to. And in my illustration, is $350. So dad's going to be responsible for paying mom his little padre 25 to 35 percent of that 350. Mom's going to have to eat the rest with her income. That's right. the way they... Um, add up and calculate child support. Both parents' income is considered. And even if one parent is not working, if that parent is employable, has some employable skills, there are numbers that they use to determine what her 
pay would be if she were working, and that's considered, believe it or not. And wow. thankfully, in the example I use with my client, and that hurts like hell. Why you let me shake my hand like that? Good God Almighty. The example that I use with my client, my live client that I have, because the baby's mother is employable and has no legitimate, legally justifiable reason why she's not working just because she don't want to, her earning capacity of three grand, I think it was that I last saw, was considered in the child support obligation, and there are three kids. So there is a there is a rhyme or reason to the child support calculations. There's actually a website that you can go to. Put into your browser, your Pennsylvania child support calculations. A little calculator will come up. I'm not so sure I would rely on that, but you can use it as sort of a general guideline mm-hmm. to get an idea of what kind of child support you'll be entitled to. And when they look at your child, your your child, your income, they consider things. They subtract things from your income, like your bills, for example. That's not counted in your income, and they only consider your after taxes income, guys, not your before taxes income. They only consider your net, your net take home pay, not your gross pay. And unfortunately for those guys who are in jobs where they do overtime, that can hurt them in some instances because let's say for the first quarter they had 25 hours of overtime, but the next two quarters they didn't have any overtime. That's going to unfortunately put them in a higher bracket earning-wise and probably up their percentage responsibility for the child support. Same thing if the mom's in that position. So if you're unsure and you have questions, reach out to me, or like I always tell you, reach out to an attorney who specializes in family law and who can answer your questions as it relates to child support calculations. With respect to the petition itself, all you need do is go down to the family court in your area and say, I have a child with shitbag. He is not <laughs> helping me with the child. I want child support. And you file your petition. You do not have to have a court order in place granting you custody. You can file child support so long as you can demonstrate you have a child with a parent and you are the primary caretaker of that child. What I would suggest that you do, though, in order to save yourself a lot of headache, because while you're down in child support court filing for child support, the other parent is over in custody court filing for custody. So if that parent ends up with primary custody of that child, the table might flip on you. You end up paying child support. So I would suggest if you're inclined to do child support, I would file the child support petition and go ahead also file the child custody petition. But before you do all that, see if y'all can work some kind of agreement out. You know, put it down and write a little note. All right, baby daddy agrees to let me have the primary care physical of the kid. He's agreeing to pay me $200 a month, something like that, to save yourself time, effort, and money. And every time you file in any court, you got to pay filing fees. And then if you pay an attorney, you got to pay. No one's going to do no attorney in Philly County, for example, is going to do a child support or child custody less than $750. So if he puts that on the paper that I'm not going to be a deadbeat, Dad, can I take him to court with that? Can I That's that a promise. He's making a promise to you. It's almost like a contract. So, yes, you would have grounds to sue him in small claims court for, vi- for, for failing to keep his promise. Because based on his promise, you acted in a certain way, relying on him keeping his promise, and he didn't. So, Mama Black, go ahead, try to get your $40,000 uh, child support arrears. <laughs> how, many years is it, how many years arrears is there? About 25, 30? Wait, baby girl, how old are you, 26? Yeah. Around about 26 years of child support. 
Um, so if you have questions, you have comments, you want to give a shout out, you want to say something, you know a good baby mom or a good baby dad, and you want to give some props to them, reach out to us, 215-609-4301. And hit us, a, yeah. hit us up on a text line at... 215-435-4099. Hit us on Facebook, For the People Law and Playing Language. Tweet us, FTP Law. Um, we want to say a what's up to... Amira, Amira, what's up, girl? Working hard. What's going on? Anybody out there that's looking for a job, put Philadelphia Housing Authority into your browser. They have like 22 jobs or something available. They were available a couple of days ago. I'm not sure if they're still available. Put that in your browser, Philadelphia Housing Authority, to go to their website. Um, we try to keep that kind of stuff available to you. Our producer is diligent in putting that kind of stuff up on our Facebook page. Child support. How does the process work? You go down to child support. You file a petition. The very first next thing that's going to happen, you'll be given an appointment to go before a child support. And I can't remember what the hell they're called. But these guys' jobs, their only job is to take the paper that you give them with your income, both parents. They plug it into their computer. It spits out a guideline calculations, a um, sort of generic guideline calculation. And they're going to say to whoever is determined to be the obligor, you're going to owe this much a month in child support. The next thing that's going to happen, you go before in front of a hearing officer. That hearing officer will have a recording. He or she will be a lawyer, not a judge, a hearing officer, kind of like a commissioner or what they call out in the, in the um, counties, suburban counties in Pennsylvania, kind of like a magistrate. And that person's sole job is to hear arguments on both sides of the aisle of the parents as to whether or not the child support calculations were done correctly, incorrectly, done correctly but done incorrectly and those kind of things once that hearing officer makes his or her determination they'll send in writing to the both parents the findings and legal conclusions as to why that hearing officer ruled the way he or she did as it relates to the calculations once you get those rulings those findings you have 10 days from the date of that finding that's on that finding not from the date you get it but the date that's stamped on that hearing officer's findings to file what's called exceptions. What does that mean? You're saying to the hearing officer, BS, I don't agree with you. I want to go in front of a judge. You have 10 days to do that. Once you do that, you go down to the courthouse again. You file your exceptions. If you do it yourself without an attorney, then you're going to go down there. They're going to give you a form to fill out. You submit that. If you do it with an attorney, the attorney is going to do a petition of sorts, a written challenge to those parts of the hearing officer's findings that they think there's a problem with, then you'll be given a date in front of a judge. The one thing I want to say to all of you out there, if you find yourself ever in front of a judge for custody or support, please try your best to leave your emotions at home, particularly when you're in front of the female judges. And I'm not speaking just in Philadelphia County. I'm speaking in general. If you're going to go in front of a judge, particularly a female judge, keep your emotions in check because they're not trying to hear it. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. Thank you for calling For the People Law and Playing Language. This is Dab Brady, the compassionate lawyer. Who this? Hello, you're in the air. Is anyone there? I think you banged on him. 
Hello, anyone there? Okay, so Miss hey, Rainey picked up the phone, the phone as I was electronically answering the phone. So, so caller, call please back. call back. I screwed up. My bad. So our guest, um, Heather, come lately showed up at uh, <laughs> ten minutes to nine. How you doing? What's your name? Ariel. Pull up to the mic, Ariel. Ariel. Yes. Hi, Ariel. How are you? I'm well. Um, we were letting our listeners know and getting them getting them poised for your child support, child custody nightmare. On one second, caller, caller, you're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people. Law and playing language. I screwed up. My bad. Who this? Hello. How Hi, you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. My name is G. I got a question for the lawyer. That's me. What's up, G? Hey. All right. Listen, I'm having an issue with um, um, they taking money out of my check for child support. But I'm in Philadelphia, and the case is way over in California. Right. And I wanted to know, what's the best way I could go about trying to get some kind of arrangement for them to knock down how much? Because they're taking pretty much, California's in a heck of a state. You mm, know? I know, they're that's right. They're taking like 55 to 60% of my check. All right, G, let me catch up with me. Let me ask you a question. First, before before I respond to you, do you do me a big favor? Can you turn down the speaker volume on your on your computer? I can hear myself in the background. I'm not going to be able to answer your question. There you go. I hear that. Thank you. First right. thing, let me ask you this. Were the kids ever in Pennsylvania, or were they born and raised in California? Oh, born and raised in California. Okay, so unfortunately... And this is the rears that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking of. Okay, so unfortunately, Pennsylvania doesn't have jurisdiction and can't acquire jurisdiction. The reason they're able to take money out of your pay here in Pennsylvania, all 50 states have... Um, reciprocity with one another that they're going to honor court orders what i would suggest you do is has there been a change in your income from when you first started having to pay child support to now so so since there's been my income varies okay so since there's been a decrease in how much money you're making you can contact someone in california an attorney and ask him or her to file something to allow you to modify your child support payments um, right, and, and you can also modify the arrears payments, but if all you're paying well, it's, just, it's just arrears. It's well, that's what I'm else. saying. If if all you're paying is arrears, you can file and request that that payment be modified. But it depends on how much you owe, and because California is so California, yeah. I'm not so sure what your chances of success are going to be. You can I always understand. file anything. But what are your chances for success? I mean, if you're really in a tight bond, let's look at our national economy. That might be a reason by itself, if I were you, that mm-hmm. I would file for the modification anyway. Let me okay. ask you a question. The last couple of years, has um, Callie taken your income tax returns or your well, refunds? See, the thing about it is this. I work on a consultancy basis, right? Right. So I'll be getting these, in, in, you know, these independent contracts. And what happens is after about four or five weeks, they catch up with me and start taxing me. Okay, okay. See, that's what happens, and I'll stop. Because if they don't take it, I'm not giving it, because I don't believe I deserved it anyway. But by the time I got the order... Wait a minute. Uh, hold on for a second. What do you mean you don't deserve it? Was they your kids? Yes. So why didn't you deserve it? Because the, my, the child's mother never got in touch with me regarding the child. So by the time I wow. got the court order, there was already a child support order in for me. So you never had, so you haven't had a relationship with your child. Exactly. So why don't you send the child a letter? I beg your pardon? Send your child a letter. Hi, I'm your daddy. My name is so-and-so. Here's oh, my I ma- always do that now. Okay. I'm in contact with okay. my son. He's grown now. Oh, good for you. How old is he? He's 26. What's his name? His 
name Christopher. What's up, Christopher? Well, that's good. That's right that's, that's that's he good knows, to he hear. He knows. He knows. He knows. You know. Look, I thought I was going. I, I thought I was going to have to get with you for being a deadbeat dad, but I understand. No. Listen, and no. for those of you out there listening, if you don't understand what arrears are, arrears can accumulate at any time. It doesn't necessarily and always mean that you fail to pay child support. Sometimes. Let's say the parent who has physical custody of the child waits until the child's about seven years old before they seek support. Well, the arrears will accumulate from when the child is born or from the moment that both parents stop being responsible for that child's primary care. That's when the arrears will accumulate. So those of you out there thinking that, oh, geez, a bad dad because he didn't pay support, that's not the case. Arrears Arrears can accumulate at any point, normally from the time when the parent, when See, they uh, claim that they couldn't find me, but they could always get in touch with me through my mother because I'm here in Philadelphia, and I had to leave California, you know, for economic reasons. I hear you. I but hear you. But by that time, she had already, we had already moved on. Listen, G, shoot me an email, Deborah at DeborahRainyLaw.com, and I'll see if I can turn you on to some of the um, family law lawyers that I know out in Philadelphia. Okay, I mean out in California. Very good. I certainly what will part do of Cali- that, What part of California? What county? Uh, Alameda County. Oh, damn. Well, actually, no, 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 no. This order here, because I got it in my hand right now while I'm talking to you, is from Riverside County. Wow. Money man, money man, money man. Listen, how'd you hear about our program? Uh, I heard it through Gerard Bates, the mysterious traveler. Ah, okay, Gerard, what's up, Kay? All right, so listen, for real, shoot me an email. Or okay. if you're not, if you don't remember the email address, go to the um, Facebook page oh, for the you. people. I know how to get in touch with you. All right, and then scan and, and email me the copy of that order. Okay. All right. God bless you. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you. Christopher. All right, Jay. Thanks for calling. Alrighty. Bye bye. So, in case you didn't hear, ladies and gentlemen, there's a number of reasons number of reasons why arrears or back child support exists. Could be because you are a dead Pete, deadbeat parent and didn't pay child support when you were supposed to, or it could simply be that by the time the parent who is the obligee, remember what I said, obligee is the person that receives the child support, finally filed a petition for support. There is a number that's um, generated and created and calculated to demonstrate what should have been paid for the child and the excess that has been paid. That's where the arrears is created from and a number of other ways. As I always say, put child support calculations in your browser for your area, whether you're in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Austria, wherever you are, and get an idea and um, a better understanding of what we're talking about. So since our guest is here, our guest is going to introduce herself to our listeners really, really quickly. Hi, I'm Ariel. Hi, I'm Ariel. Okay. Ariel, how are you? I'm fine. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? And, and just know that we have, this is a non-profit station, so we got non-profit mics. <laughs> so, in other words, ho- pull up to the mic. Okay, that's Miss Rennie blowing into the microphone. All right, Ariel, you and I are going to switch really fast. You switch and come over here. And, and they're switching because Miss Rennie has a, a boom, boom voice that you can hear and she's throwing. She's trying to say you got a big mouth, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Try. It is what it is. It ain't no shame in my gang. All right, so Ariel, try that again. She's Ariel. She's an income tax preparer. How can I display it? How can I get in touch with you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so tell us about your nightmare child support, child custody. And this is Renee. I actually admit Ariel. I did a press release at Liberty Tax Services on 
Fifth and Ollie. Fifth and Ollie. What's the address? Liberty Tax Service, Fifth and Ollie. Come in, say hi to Ariel. She'll hook up your taxes, I hope. What's the address over there? Uh, I actually work on the Shelton Avenue office. Oh, okay. This is 130 West Shelton Avenue. Okay. Um, But I did. uh, Two to eight. Um, Next week, I'll be there all day from nine to eight. We just gave you a free plug. Uh, Recognize. All right, go ahead. Um, And anyway, so I did a domestic violence, woman against abuse. It was a press release. And during the course of doing the press release after we were talking and um, I mentioned that one in three or one in four women at some point in their lives are victims of domestic violence. And it was the after conversation that I met Ariel and a few other women there. And sure enough, probably 65, 75% of the women in the room had some some ex- some exposure to the domestic violence. And Ariel was telling me her story how she is out of domestic violence, but the nightmare that is after that, which is the child support. So I'll let you pick up from there. And before we go there, before we go there, Ariel, who has um, primary custody of the, is it children or one child? One child, I do. Male or female? Male. And you have a court order that gives you custody, primary custody of that child? Yes. And there is shared legal custody, meaning both of you, you and the baby's dad have legal custody. Is that right? Uh, yes. And then dad has visitation rights, partial custody. Is yeah, that right? Yes. Okay. And as so far as child support goes, he's the obligor. He pays you child support for your son. There's no child support. Because oh, you never went to child support court. Uh, paternity was never established. And I didn't file for it because I keep asking the court for that. And they told me that. Um, asking the, the court for what? A paternity test. They said they don't. The the parent, the mother is. This is what they told me. The mother cannot file for paternity. They only do that when the father's denying a child. So then my question to them was, so any one of my ex-boyfriends can come up and claim my child and send me through a nightmare. Who told? Didn't no court tell you this? Yes. Some person at family court told the you this. Co- the court rep lady that was standing inside. She the ain't court. no lawyer. She ain't no judge. She told you you can't establish paternity. Do you have a question as to whether or not he's the father of the child? Yes, we were on and off uh, through a period of time. How old is your son now? Eight. And how long has this guy held him out to be his son? Meaning being there for him, talking to him, that kind of thing. Not at all. This just happened. I just got. Uh, notice in the mail i felt like i was being punked and i was looking for ashton kutcher because last time i talked to him my son was one and he said uh f you that's not my child and leave him alone and that was the end of that and then seven years later i get a notice in the mail saying i'm being sued wow being sued for child custody yes and you have a court date yes and you have an attorney no wow trying to get so the child was one the last time you heard from this baby daddy yes and then all of a sudden out of the blue so during that seven year period you didn't hear anything no phone calls no letters no nothing other than me walking down the street and him jumping on me um punching me in my face because i wouldn't be with him no um he got locked up for violating the restraining order that i had and how i found out that he was out of jail was i was driving down the street and he jumped through my car window he got, when you say he got locked up, he got a jail sentence for that? He was locked up for two years for violating the PFA I had against him. So, but it wasn't just for that because you can only get six months for that. So he obviously went down on simple assault and some other crimes against you. Is that right? It, 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 like I said, he's been stalking and harassing me since 2005. Okay. And he gets arrested. The police arrest him. He gets criminal charges. Yes. And so the last time when he jumped through your window, that's when you knew he was out of jail. Yes. And then how much time after that did you get the... 
noticed that he was suing you in court for custody? Uh, just recently, I believe it was this uh, summer of, uh, it was the summer of 2012. Let me ask you this question. When you filed a petition for child custody, is that right? I did that as soon as my son was born and I received it because he never showed up. But when you filed a petition for child custody, did you put his name down as the father? No, they put it down because uh, while I was in a hospital, um, he, I had security by he found out through family and friends that I was in the hospital actually having my child. Um, he I had to put security outside my room not to let him up because he was beating on me. Is his name on the birth the certificate? The nurse gave him the paperwork without my knowledge. I didn't even know. Unfortunately, most steps have been taken and he's been held out as that child's Because father. his name is right. But it doesn't stop you from spending money out of your pocket to have a DNA test done to to, to determine whether or not he's a child's father. Right. But for all intents and purposes, unfortunately for you right now, because his name is on the birth certificate, mm -hmm. because when you when you file for custody, you have to put the other parent's name down mm -hmm. as the defendant or the respondent, mm -hmm. and you put his name down. Not when I initially filed. I didn't put anything <laughs> down. Um, uh, It was on the records. I guess when the birth certificate, when I went to file for the birth certificate, actually uh, at the time I wasn't working at all. I was down on my feet, so I was receiving public assistance, Um, and they went after him because his name was on the birth certificate for child support. And do you know whether he paid some or not? Uh, I, I know that he had started paying like um $50 a month, but then stopped. So the, I do know that their order says he's in arrears. He has some back child support owed. Yes. Well, unfortunately, all those steps suggest that for all intents and purposes for the world to see, he is the father. Right. But that does not stop you once again for getting a paternity test right. on your own, paying for a DNA mm -hmm. test. At, at, well, at the time, I wasn't able to, and I, right. I wasn't being bothered with the situation. I hear you. And now I'm... When um, you got the order, that's when you, ladies and gentlemen, when you get, how do you know that you're being taken to child support or child custody court or any other court? You get a notice in the mail with some court address on it that says something like this. Dear Miss John Doe, John Smith, Georgette Smith, you are being sued in family court, criminal court, whatever, on this particular date. Take this piece of paper to your attorney or to the nearest bar association if you have questions. You have a right to an attorney. Here's what you have to do. Here's what you have to be prepared for. And generally, that's accompanied by whatever petition that the other person filed in court. So you must have gotten a petition or something where he says, this is my child. She's not let me see my child in seven years, so on and so forth. Is that right? right? Yes. Okay. Well, what you have on your side is all these instances where he's demonstrated he's not safe. Do you currently have a protection from abuse order in place against him now? Yes, I do. Or did it expire? I actually renewed it. We left from court this morning. Okay. I was there at 9 a.m. this morning. And you were at 34 South 11th Street? Courtroom yes. 9? I didn't see you there. I was in 3. Courtroom 3 with Judge Chen. Chen. Okay. Wow, mm -hmm. she's an interesting lady. Yes. How long were you there? For like nine hours? No. Actually, she said she had 50 cases, um, and she gave us a new date to come back, a trial date. Oh, because he's not agreeing to it. Protection from abuse order, ladies and gentlemen, in Pennsylvania, if you have a domestic relationship with an individual, you have a child with that person, or you live with that person as a family member, brother, sister, uncle, whatever, you live in the same house, and that person poses a real threat to you, you can seek protection from the court. And that's what Ariel's talking about. She went to court to get a protection from abuse order against against this individual. Whoever you're seeking the order against, as in any instance, has a right to be present and to challenge whatever it is that you're accusing them of. So you have another court date for that. Yes. 
Did you reach out to the Women Against Abuse Legal Resource Center? Yes, they were there today, and they, um, she walked me through the steps. Um, and you had a lawyer from their legal center representing you today in the PFA here? No, I didn't have a lawyer. It was just an advocate there that spoke to me. Okay. And for purposes of the trial, when you go back to see Judge Chen, did you ask Women Against Abuse to provide a lawyer for you? Yes, I'm working on it now. Okay, um, They actually uh, referred me to the Philadelphia Legal um Right. That's so she's talking about the community legal services who has another arm called the Philadelphia Legal Authority. Because you work, you're more than likely going to make too much money. So they're going to refer you to Philadelphia VIP, which is the volunteer attorneys for the indigent program. And lawyers like myself who have their own private practice and big firms who fill all gooey inside for doing pro bono work will look through the list of open cases on VIP's website and pick certain cases. So, unfortunately, I'm not sure why Women Against Abuse Legal Center won't represent you. And it may just because it may be because the abuse is stale and not ongoing as they see it. And based on what their charter is, I'm just not sure. Mm -hmm. So during the course of the seven years when the father wasn't around, what did you tell the baby about his dad? Is it a boy? Yes. What's his name? Shane. Hey, Shane, how you doing? Is he listening to mommy on the radio? Yeah. On the the computer? Uh, His dad knows how to hook it up. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he's with dad now? No, his stepdad, my, my fiance. Oh, hi, fiance. Good looking out. <laughs> so what did you tell him about his dad? Don't ask, don't tell. I, <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was a single parent. He never asked about daddy? No, he didn't. I, he called me mommy, daddy. Well, mommy, daddy? Yes. So what, you got 21 personalities or something? I'm just playing. No. <laughs> no that you is... spin it around and your daddy comes out? No, no. Wow, you, you, look real, you look really young to have gone through all this. Uh, are, you, are you in your 30s? Yes. You don't look at it all. Wow. Thank you. It's amazing what to hear someone so young going through all this. So during the course when you were in the abuse, how long was the relationship? That you were being abused? Uh, we were together for um, two years before it started. Um, I always told, you know, tell them, like, you know, we can argue, yell, curse, call each other names. The one thing you can't do is put your hands on me. And that worked for two years? Yeah. What made it well, change? Well, it was on and off, you know. And what um, made it change? The moment you tried to leave for good? Yeah, well, uh, one of his best friends kept trying to talk to me, sending him out the house. Like go do this for me, go do that, and then would call me like, "Yo, why don't you let me come see you? Let me come through the house, leave the door open." Was he this leave, man yeah. a professional or a OG? A OG. I got you. All right. <laughs> All right. And I told him, you know, your friend is trying to holler at me every time you leave the house, telling me leave the door open so he can come see me. He didn't believe me. He went back and told him he um, he came back in the house and hit me in my house and hit me. We never lived together. His friend hit you or he hit? He you? hit me. Because he, his friend told him that I, he gives me too much freedom and he need to put his foot down. Wow. And I said, well, you need to go be with your friend. I know. And that's right. That was it from there. And after that, uh, he would I was walking down the street one day eating a slice of pizza uh, after work. And he put his hand over my mouth, dragged me in the alleyway. And when I woke up, it was cops over me, asked me, was I OK? Wow. And was um, he arrested for that? They couldn't find him wow. on the scene. Wow. Um, I was driving down. The How street. bad were you hurt then? Oh, he knocked me out. Wow. Um, I was driving down the street, picking my kids up from uh, the babysitter, 
and he jumped on the hood of my car and punched my windshield in, and I drove him to the police station with him on the hood of my car. Wait, this fool is hanging on the hood of your car? On the hood of my car. Seeing you drive to the district, and he I ain't trying to get him, off the car. They chased him down. I drove him straight into the back of the police station. Luckily, it was cops <laughs> standing out there. The 35th. Thank you. Shout out to Brought the 35th. Brought a champagne. Brought a At least we know y'all good for something. I'm just playing. So you ride into the police district with this fool on the hood on of your car. On the hood of my car. Luckily wow. for me. You were a good person because I would have slammed in my brakes and ran out. I would have pulled that what that woman pulled in Texas. Remember she caught her husband coming out the hotel oh, with her she, with his girlfriend. She, ran over back she hit rim. him by accident and had to back the car with back up Mercedes. to get it going straight and ran over his ass four times. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Wow. That. <laughs> so were your kids in the car with you at that point? I was picking Good them up. From gracious. The, luckily, they were too young to remember all this stuff. And um, only one is is the batterer's kid, right? Right. Okay. How many kids you got total? I have two. Wow. Bless you. So the cops arrest him then. Yes. You go to court. Yes. What happens at trial? Um, uh, I didn't, I don't, at the time, I did not have a PFA. This was early. I mean, in, criminal um, trial. He had criminal charges, obviously, right? Yeah. I, I, I think he got probation or something like that. Um, but then after that, it became serious because uh, I got a PFA, and then that's when everything uh, started happening. But the incidents that took place after that with the PFA, they say they, they didn't catch him on the scene, so they didn't. What was the incident? Uh, it was a few. Um, I walked outside on my way to work, um, trying to go to work, and I had no tires and no windows in my car. Um, well, unfortunately for you, they can't prove he did that because there's probably no I cameras. No, of course, <laughs> of course, we know. But insofar as the cops go, they got some liability to worry about too. What else? Uh, did you have insurance on your car? Yes. Thank God for yeah. that. Well, small favors. <laughs> right. Um, another incident. Uh. I was um, laying down in my room. I lived in a third-story apartment building. He climbed through my front window, choked me till I passed out, and tried to hit the window with my son. Um, How did he get up to your... He climbed the front of my... On what? I don't know. He scaled the building. You, so I, you you lived <laughs> in the same address when you were dating him, or you moved and he just kept fighting This you? was early on. Yo, dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, I have a serious question. This is a question for those of y'all listening. Have you ever found yourself in a position where you were a stalker or a stalky? I mean, what are the feelings? What are you going through that makes you not able to translate? I don't want to be with you no more. Get out. I mean, what is it in someone? I mean, I think if we're able to figure out and put our finger on that, maybe that's a start to find out where this crazy abusive mm-hmm. stalking behavior comes from and, and even if you do catch Good up with them, whatever you do to them it's not going to want it it's not going to make them want to be with you oh, and uh, if you hello? treat them badly it's just going to make you have, go to jail fool and, and it's going to have the opposite effect of the person whose affection you're trying to get it doesn't it's kind of one and one it's not seven so i don't understand you you, you disappear for seven years you show up to beat mommy up but then you have the nerve to seek custody what's up with that yeah. Yo, I can hook you up with some of my clients who I got probation for. Mm-hmm. And they can have a conversation with the brother and show him. And I don't mean physical. I don't mean beat him up. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a program in Philadelphia County, for example, called Menergy. We had them on our program. The director's a phenomenal man, very brave white guy who was in here with a bunch of angry black women. And we was all ready to tear his butt up. And he just handled it very nicely. <laughs> and what he does is he helps people who have those tendencies to want to hurt the people they love to see why that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. If any of you out there are listening and you're interested and you find yourself as someone who 
thinks it's okay to hurt the people he loves or thinks that he or that you can't take no for an answer because you feel like your world's going to end, type in your browser, your browser, Minergy. And if you're not in Pennsylvania, type in your browser, I hit people I love, I need help. You got to be the first person to stand up and recognize you got a problem. Because guess what? Those that are getting hit and those of us who love them, we're getting tired of it. And you're not going to have you're not going to have refuge for much longer. Whoever you are, Ariel's baby daddy, if you really are the baby daddy, shame on you, you little punk ass bitch. You want to hit somebody. We're at 12 Maplewood Mall. My first name's Deborah. Last name is Rainey. I'm just playing. If you have that feeling inside you that you want to hit somebody, go to a gym, hit a punching bag, go pick up some weight. Better yet, call a therapist, call a priest, call somebody. Stop putting your hands on people because guess what? It's only going to get you in a world of shit. So, I mean, the, the reason why when I hit, when I talked to her, I was listening and to And I wasn't story. joking when I said that you want to hit somebody, but that's not appropriate for the air, so at, I'll take at that At all, back. at all. Um, <laughs> And she was telling me that, you know, she was dropping off. She, You meet him at the police station to drop him off. Yes. And he doesn't have a driver's license, but he drives away. Yes. Um, and she goes to court. So do me a favor. The next time you go meet him at the police station, get there early. Mm-hmm. Go inside the district. Ask for the desk sergeant. Tell the desk sergeant, look, I'm meeting my baby's father here because of a court order. He doesn't have a driver's license, and I'm afraid for my child. I did that. Will you please run his license? And what did they say? They told me they're not allowed to do that without probable cause. The probable cause is he has your, how old's your baby? He's eight now. He has your eight-year-old child in his car without a license. I told them Or you go online. You pay for a background check and a driver's license history for this man through one of those companies. Take that to them. There's their probable cause right there. Okay. There's their probable cause. I, mean, I was right just there. listening to her story, and, and she said that she takes these same things when she goes to court. She goes to court, and she. It's takes not a copy enough his, in court just to say it's record. so. You have to bring I recorded have, proof. I have paperwork of his whole criminal history. But unfortunately, have, his criminal history against you is n- not enough for the court to say he's a danger to the child. Not just against what I'm me. Saying. Um, Go ahead violations uh assault on police officers uh, uh are those cases where he was convicted or merely arrested yes both um okay. he just had a case uh because it was the the issue the cops did something wrong but he was he just got out of a case for assault on a police officer possession with attempt to distribute um just recently but that's not a conviction when you say just got out of he beat those charges they got thrown out because the cops did something wrong with the arrest okay that's in pennsylvania yes that's surprising about the police, though. Huh? Big time. <laughs> Most judges in Philadelphia don't care. So what? And <laughs> guilty. Mm-hmm. Let me have 23 months in the county. I also uh, asked the um, the judge, should she give him a, a drug test? He says he works but can't produce a pay stub. Um, I know for a fact that he sells drugs. Um, but I, selling drugs don't mean you use drugs, though. Oh, he smokes weed. Oh, he smokes weed. And I, I presented all this information. I even brought in. Oh, you're the one I talked to on the phone. Yes. All right. You missed one comment that I made earlier. One of the situations, and I think you and I talked about this on the telephone, is you got to know who you're in front of. You got to know when to be emotional and when not to be. Yes, you, you do. got to learn when to shut up and listen. So those are some um, 
pointers at I'm going to have a show strictly for those of you who are going to appear pro se or by yourself because you can't afford a lawyer. And we're going to talk about all the do's and don'ts that you need to know about before you appear in front of a judge. Ariel, we want to thank you so much for coming on the air and sharing your story with us. If anyone out there is touched by Ariel, do you have an email address that folks can reach you at? Yes. Right now, before she puts her personal email address out there, if you want to reach out to her, you have questions for her, you can email for the people at DebraRainyLaw.com. And I would actually prefer that just for her safety if they have something they want to send. Reach out to us for the people at DebraRainyLaw.com. Ariel, if you had... And I will forward it to her and make sure she gets it. If you've got women out there listening who are in your position trying to get out, what are some words of, of wisdom or some um, uh, information you tell them? I would say um, do everything you possibly can to get out the situation. Um, if it, I moved eight times in one year. Um, if it caused you to keep moving, spot moving, if, if you have the means to get out of the city, um, leave. If not, if you're strong enough to stay and fight, fight. Fight, fight for your will to live freely without worrying about somebody coming to attack you because I'm not going to let him run me out of this city. That's why I stayed and fight. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a long battle, I know this, but um, I'm, you have to gather your strength together and fight. And those of you out there who are victims of domestic violence, hear Ariel's voice, hear Renee's voice. Go to my website, com. Check out episode eight, Love Should Not Hurt. It's our domestic violence story where you hear Renee's horrible story and you hear a story of one of our special guests who found his daughter dead in the closet from her baby's daddy. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. You've been listening to For the People, Law, and Playing Language with me, Deb Rainey, your host, the compassionate lawyer, black, a.k.a. the broke poet, simply the Ph.D. producer candidate. I got that all twisted. <laughs> simply the Ph.D. candidate producer and our special in-studio guest, Ariel. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. Thank you. And unfortunately, we had to cut it short because Ariel had to work, so she didn't get here until late. We need to be off the I air. I know. Chelsea, come lately. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank sorry. you for listening. Remember, right. you can check out all of our shows at www.debrainlaw.com. Click on Talk Radio, www.forthepeople.podomatic.com. Thank you for listening. And Miss Rainey just is, uh, and she's just trying to be the producer. So I'm going to leave you the number for Women Against Abuse, their hotline. It's one eight six six seven two three three zero one four. Can you pull up Minergy real quick too? I will pull up Minergy, and while I'm doing that, Black is going to do her piece. Indeed. Um, What's this one called? This one is called. Uh, I was raised this way. Um, real quick. The, the the worst part about um situations like custody and child support is the effect it has on the kid. Yes, Lord. I mean, this kid is left with these memories. This kid grows up, and, and it affects him, believe it or not. So I wrote this from the perspective of a child. Uh, the thunder quiets, and the room fills with silence so loud no pin drop could be heard. I make my entrance in the midst of raging war and state my reason for parents. I'm ready for school. My father's fists rules and my mother's tears stain my uniform as she hugs me goodbye. My little mind is strong enough to be conclusive. They must have been fighting again. I return to unmoved stances and unchanged forms. My mother asks me if I did my homework. 
I tell her I did it in class. Shattered glass crunches beneath the sole of my shoes as I migrate room to room in search of an escape from the noise. So much noise. From the many times they told me they were just playing, I learned that this is a dangerous game and I never get to play. I take my usual place in the hallway and peek around the corner. Daddy is winning again. And the neighbor slash friend has called the police. Now this is the part where they fight over me as if I am significant in this matter, as if I matter, as if my matter hasn't gone unnoticed until now. They pull my arms in opposite directions until my heart splits in two and I grow up to only be half of an individual. One half strong and fucking mad and the other weak and sagged from the weight of this dangerous game. I never got to play in the love I never felt, but I probably had. I did my homework in class because I had no home to work and going home was like tidal waves surfing, trying not to get swallowed in a tsunami. Now all of this is behind me. Or is it? Did I grow up to traumatize my own children or did I do the complete opposite? That's the risk you take when you play dangerous games. However, I turned out when asked, I say, I was raised this way. Wow. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you so much. We are running. We are past Ladies our time. I'm going to leave you with two numbers. Again, Woman Against Abuse is 866-723-3014. Minergy has two phone numbers, 215-242-2235. And in Espanol, 267-625-6135. But anyway, Minergy is for batterers. Male, female, whatever. Anyway, folks, good night. Thanks for joining us on For the People, Law and Playing Language. Good night. presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue. We the people says the Constitution, created for creating solutions. However, we the people lack the understanding. Legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet. Our rights we take for granted, signing away our chances, because we don't really know the circumstances. I swear I can't stand it. Then we're so demanding, quick to throw up a picket sign in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech. When a situation could have been avoided from the start, if we the people conquer basic knowledge of the law. So this is for the people. Law in plain language, breaking it down for us in layman terms, Deb Expressing her compassion and will for us to learn, not for a check, but to address how to win in these streets. This show is for you. This show is for me. It's for the people.